Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. The Green Bay Packers and Dallas Cowboys have played some amazing games over the years. None more epic than the Ice Bowl in 1967. Sunday, the Packers and Cowboys will face each other in another memorable game in the first round of the NFC playoffs. Greetings, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel of Forbes.com and I for another epic Packers podcast. <laughs> Hello, Rob. We hope it'll be epic, right, Gary? <laughs> At least for a quarter, huh? <laughs> we'll see where she goes if we can keep her on the rails. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I don't have any problem with the Packers playing playing the Cowboys, and I'm sure the Cowboys are happy to be playing the Packers. But to go down to Jerry's world, I mean, that's been a house of horrors for basically every team in the National Football League this season. I mean, the, the Cowboys have just been a uh, scoring machine down there. I think in, what, three of the last four games, they scored at least 41 points or more. I mean, they, they look like an offensive juggernaut. Not an easy place to uh, come away with a victory this year. I think they're unbeaten at home, right, Gary? I think they're eight. They and are nine. eight and zero. Oh. No, and, yep. and and really from week one on, you remember they 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 whipped the Giants in week one at home, forty to nothing, and and they haven't slowed down since, Gary. They they beat the Patriots early in the year, thirty eight three in that, you know, in that building. They they haven't been challenged much, Gary, and you know, in in inside that building, they've they've struggled on the road, but fact they were able to win the nfc east and philly folded you know like you know like a cheap suit at the end of the year was was huge i mean dallas would only have to go on the road theoretically gary if seeds would hold one time and and go to san francisco um as they try to make their first super bowl since since 1995 the thing i will say gary and and a, and a lot of this looks daunting on paper right that, that that the cowboys have been outstanding at home that they've got all these pro bowl players a high-flying offense, yada, yada, yada. Gary, all the pressure in the world in this football game is on Dallas. They have the best record in the NFC, Gary, over the last three years since Mike McCarthy showed up. They're 36-15 and 15 in that time, and they don't have much playoff success whatsoever to show for it, Gary. They're 1-2 and two in those seasons. I mean, the Jones yeah. has called this the best team he's had since those great Super Bowl teams that Dallas put together in the 90s. Jones was asked Sunday night about Mike McCarthy's future as as the head coach, and and his answer was along the lines, we'll see how the playoffs go. You got to see if Jim Har- Harbaugh is available. <laughs> Maybe, exactly, right? I mean, they'll be... There, there, there would be a lot of people banging on the door for a chance to coach C.D. Lamb in his prime, right? And Micah Parsons in his prime. And, you know, Dak Prescott with another three, four, five good years left in front of him. They look like, you know, one of the three, four best teams in football, undoubtedly. They get after quarterbacks. They take the ball away. They're great in special teams, high-scoring, high-flying offense, et cetera, et cetera. But, Gary, I'll tell you what, if Green Bay can, can hang around in this game, if, if this is – 27-24 going to the fourth. If this is 23-21 with, with nine minutes to go or something like that, I'll tell you right now, all the pressure is on Dallas. We know what Mike McCarthy does late in games with clock management and interesting decisions. It hasn't been pretty. His future's on the line. 
Green Bay is a team, Gary, and we know this, playing with house money, right? Nobody thought the Packers were going to be here, I guess aside from you and I, who both picked them to be here. But the overwhelming majority of the national media and people in general certainly didn't pick them to be here. I think Vegas had the over-under on them at the start of the year, either either at six and a half or seven. Yeah, in terms it was, it was of seven, yeah, seven and a half. Um, I've, I saw it as low as six and a half back in September. They were picked to either be third or fourth in the division. Everybody had them written off, Gary, at two and five. Everybody wrote them off again at six and eight. Here they are on a three-game winning streak again, really with nothing to lose. Does that mean they play loose? Does that mean they play carefree? They should, Gary. Does that mean maybe Matt LaFleur takes a chance or two? Otherwise, he might not, and it can totally work in his favor. Why not, Gary, where Mike McCarthy probably calls it a little bit closer to the vest, right? So oh, there's, absolutely. Yeah. there's a lot of really interesting factors and elements in this game, Gary. I mean, if it if it gets out of hand early, you know, then, then obviously it, it, it's going to be what it is. But if Green Bay, Gary, can hang around in this football game and have it you know, within one score and midway through the fourth quarter, I'm telling you, Gary, all the pressure in the world shifts to Dallas. There is, there is no doubt about that whatsoever. Yeah, and, and uh, if you're a Packer fan or, or if you're a member of the Packers, you just hope C.D. Lamb doesn't continue on its tear. I mean – he has established himself as probably one of the top three or four wide receivers in the league this season. And um, I'd call him the best Gary. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to go that far, Rob. I, I still like, I know. And I still yep. like the uh, Justin Jefferson, the, those two, they didn't have, you know, monster seasons this year, but they're, they're pretty damn good too. Lamb leads the league in catches, right? 135, I think led the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the numbers he's put up lately are are off the charts. He ended up at about 1,750 yards, so he's over 100 yards a game. Gary, 12 touchdowns. He can run the ball, too, kind of like San Francisco does with D-Ball. They'll put it in his hands in different ways. They'll they'll bring him around on some jet sweeps and some end-arounds at various times. I Kind of like the Packers have done with Jaden Reed or, you know, some of their wide receivers. Bull Melton got a couple carries the other day. Gary, the Cowboys will put the ball in CeeDee Lamb's hands as often as possible, which it makes without question one of the three most, I mean, we we, we can sit here and it's easy to say, right? The quarterbacks are the most important players in this game or or whatever. And we, and we all know that. But Gary, kind of on the periphery, the, the kind of the outside guys that might not get talked about as much. Uh, I mean, Jair Alexander jumps to the head of the list in terms of who's the most important Packer. In the in this football game, right? Oh, to try without to a doubt. Lamb. Yeah, Lamb is Lamb is big and strong and physical and fast, and you know he's got a lot of Michael Irvin in him, and 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 we all flash back thirty years ago to what Irvin did to the Packers in some of those playoff games, you know, down in in Dallas, and Lamb has that same you know same level of talent, Gary, that, that Michael Irvin once did. I mean, CD lamb is that good. What a, what a, what a sensational draft pick that was for Dallas four years ago. You know, it's been a lost year, largely for Jair Alexander. It's been a really disappointing year. He's missed more than half of it with injury when he has played. He hasn't been particularly good, but Gary, he was really good Sunday against the bears. He was physical in the run game. He came up and made tackles. He was pretty good in coverage when he, when he was thrown at and, and he did a pretty good job taking more away for large stretches of that football game. It'll be fascinating, Gary, to watch. Do they, you know, do they, do they let Alexander shadow and then, and then give safety help at all times against CD lamb? Well, you know what, Rob, I I put out a tweet this morning. I said, you know, Barry obviously deploys a three, four defense. And, And I said, if I was him for this game, 
I would go to a 3-3-5, have Alexander travel with Lamb, and then have a spy. Because, I mean, if you look at what he's done this year, it, it's amazing. But what he's done in the last two games, I mean, it, it, it's just insanely crazy. He, he's got 26 catches. He had 13 catches in each of the last two games for 325 yards and, and three touchdowns. If the Cowboys get a one-on-one situation with Carantine Car- Valentine, Hind and uh, Lamb, <laughs> it's over. I mean that that guy's just going to chew him up. So they 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 have to focus their entire defense on shutting down this dude. Yeah, you know, a Pollard gashes you from time to time in the run game, right? That's life. Yeah. You can't have Lamb absolutely eat you up. You remember a couple weeks ago in that I think it was a Saturday night game where Lamb hit the ninety eight. You know, they hit the ninety eight yarder over the top to Lamb mm-hmm. against Detroit. I mean he. He has that level of explosiveness, Gary. And, and I'm with you. Justin Jefferson's an absolute rock star and a stud in Minnesota. But the thing that makes Lamb so special to me is he just doesn't miss football games. And when we talk about the best players in the league at various positions like that, my number one thing always is how often are you available? And C.D. Lamb just doesn't miss. You know, just, Justin Jefferson missed half the season. Jamar Chase misses games. Tyreek Hill misses games. I mean, a lot of these guys miss games. We can go through and do it at the quarterback position, yeah, right? Did you yeah. mention Christian Watson? Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we, we could go a half hour. We could do a whole podcast on Christian Watson, Gary. We'll, we'll stay away from that for now because he is a nice kid. But, um, you know, quarterbacks too, Gary. You know, Josh Allen doesn't get enough credit uh, that that he never misses a football game. Patrick yeah. Mahomes never misses a football game, right? So, you know, back to Lamb for a second, Gary. And, and you're right. I can guarantee you they'll be a nickel the overwhelming majority of the game. Gary, they play nickel two-thirds of the time anyway. So they're in sure. that 3-5 most of the time anyways that, that you talked about. And they'll probably go a lot of time, I would think, in this football game because it's not just Lamb, right? It's, it, it's Ferguson that can – get you over the middle and, and eat up a linebacker. It's Michael Gallup who's still got a little bit of spring in, in his step. It's Brandon Cooks who runs like the wind. But I would just match Valentine up with Cooks, Gary, and take my chances there. And if Cooks beats you, he beats you. And I'd match Alexander and give safety help at all times against Lamb and make yep. that almost a two-for-one and and try to limit Lamb. I mean, Lamb's going to get something, right, Gary? It, it's, you know, along the way. He's just too good not to. It's it, it's like saying you're going to double or triple team Michael Jordan. You know what? He's still going to get 23, but he might not get 43. And that's what they have to do, I would say, Gary, with Lamb, is, is try to take him away the best you can. If he finishes with six for 75 and one score, that's yeah. a win. Green Bay, Gary. You I just like don't twelve for a buck fifty and two. So this, to me, Gary, is the game where Jair Alexander can, sh- you know, rebound from an absolutely lost, horrendous season for him at least, um, and show you that he deserves to be the highest paid corner in football. Now, personally, I don't think he did even when he signed that contract, Gary. I think there's better corners in the league than than him. But this is his chance to kind of put up or shut up and make his money. Yeah, you being the uh, Bucky fan that you are, uh, you, you'll appreciate the story. Uh, a couple years ago, Jake Ferguson, who, who you alluded to, the Cowboys tight end, played at Wisconsin. And uh, his grandfather's legendary Barry Alvarez Oh, he is? I had never heard that. I know. Wow. Uh, what a... <laughs> so 
So what happens is, and obviously I'm not, not mocking you. I'm mocking every TV broadcaster who tells us that nine times a game. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know for the people that uh, aren't as astute as some of our other listeners, but anyways, <laughs> I'm at the combine. I asked him, I said, Jake, I said, what's your most memorable moment with, with your grandfather? Was there one moment that you'll always remember? And he goes, yeah, there was, he goes, I always saw my grandfather as this nice, kind man who was always real gentle, blah, 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 right? And he goes, but when I was a little boy, I got to go into the locker room after the game, and I heard him say words I've never heard him say before. <laughs> he said, I looked at my grandfather a lot differently after that. <laughs> that that is the very Alvarez the the rest of the world knows, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but specifically to Ferguson, you know, great year for him. Gary, when he came out after that draft a couple years or in that draft a couple years ago, I I never thought he could have the kind of career he's in the middle of having right now. You remember, Gary, at that combine, he ran a four seven seven. Yeah. Um He's slow. He's not fast, but he's, but he's savvy. He's a, he's a really good route runner. He uses his body extremely well. He's big, strong and physical. So he can win 50, 50 balls. And he the never drops a pass, never. never drops a pass. And the quarterback loves him to death. I mean, yeah. he, he is the quarterback's bailout guy. I mean, probably more so more so than CD lamb and uh, which, which is remarkable. So, you know, again, if, if Ferguson nickels and dimes you down the field, great. If if Pollard gets four, five, six a carry, that's fine, Gary. What they can't have is these enormous explosives. You know, Lamb's as good as anybody in the league at getting those. And you know how well Brandon Cooks runs. Brandon Cooks has bounced around for a lot to a lot of teams, and and a lot of people are always scratching their head, Gary, as, as to why. But but the guy does run incredibly well. The positive for Green Bay is so does Valentine. So, you know, you match those two up and and you, and you kind of take your chances, I guess, a, a little bit that way. Keyshawn Nixon, you know, defends whoever's coming out of the slot. You know, maybe that maybe that's Gallup or, or somebody else. Maybe it's even a running back from time to time that that Nixon has to go check in the safety. Then you devote to the run game, the second safety. But uh, it, it's an incredible challenge because Prescott's playing the best football of his life. We all know he led the NFL, 36 touchdown passes. The guy in Green Bay was second, Mr. Jordan Love with 32. But Dak's having the best year of his career, Gary. Uh, you know, a, a bona fide, legitimate MVP candidate who's kind of kept it all together there in in Dallas. And back to your pal Joe Barry, I I, I think he's gone, Gary. You know, unless this team probably makes it to now, the you Super have gone on record as saying he's gone several times. So, <laughs> well, let's get through this year, Gary. I, I had I had a couple people in the organization over the weekend tell me he's got to go to the Super Bowl. So to stick around, well, I I don't buy that at all. Not at all. Well, I mean, the Super Bowl? No you, way. You don't have to buy it, Gary. From Racine, I'm just telling you what people in the in the organization say. Yeah, I, 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 I'm very skeptical about that. He had a hell of a game plan against the Bears, and uh, I, I'm not the only one that thought that. Uh, Gary, Gary, the Bears and the Cowboys are different animals. All oh, I was, of course, they are. But is, but you had just, to beat the Bears to get into the playoffs. And... Of course, no, and and I and I I couldn't agree with you more. It wasn't even just the game plan, Gary. The, these guys did what they were supposed to do. Finally, from a coaching standpoint, you know, you you watch those quarterbacks. 
a month ago, kind of pick them apart in the run game, the DeVitos of the world. And, um, you know, Bryce Young got outside the pocket and gobbled them up at times in the run game. Gary, they were so good against fields in terms of lane discipline and, and the, out, you know, and, and the edge rushers staying true to where they were supposed to be that when they got all that pressure up the middle, there was nowhere for fields to go. And I agree, Rob. And the other thing that uh, Joe Barry's defense had that they didn't have in a long time, they actually had, two of their regular starters back, Savage and Alexander. And it's amazing how <laughs> you get healthy again, you can be better. So, Well, um, Gary, the only preferred starter they were missing in that football game, remarkably on the defensive side of the football, was Eric Stokes. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because we talk about their injuries nonstop, right? Green Bay is going to Dallas and incredibly healthy. I mean, they really are. Christian Watson's obviously a preferred starter. We'll see what happens with Romeo Dobbs, who who had the chest injury and was spitting up blood in that football game and had to go to the hospital afterwards. But we we've seen Gary; they are really deep at the wide receiver position, and and if they have to trot out there on on Sunday, you know, Wicks and 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 Reed and 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 Heath and and Bo Melton and and those guys and you know Kraft and Musgrave it's still enough to get the job done now I think I think Dobbs will play I I think they'll at least get something out of Christian Watson just you know changing to that side of the ball Gary but you know the offensive line is healthy Aaron Jones is healthy I think there's a chance AJ Dillon comes back and plays you know the quarterback hasn't missed a snap all year so I mean Gary that they're heading down there in as good of health as they've had in a long, long time, probably at any point in time since back in May when OTA started. Hey, uh, Rob, I want to circle back to uh, Mike McCarthy a little bit. And I think this is really, a, really a great, you know, sidebar to the game that he came out the other day and said that uh, the Packers Cowboys game was just another game for him. He, he really tried to downplay it. And I, I'm thinking like in his heart of hearts, he would love nothing more than to not only beat the Packers, but to beat them badly. You know, the guy, the guy was in Green Bay, what, from 06 to uh, 18, as I believe. I mean, he Correct. was there a long time, and and those memories just don't dissipate. For him to downplay it, I mean, sure, that you know, that that's coach speak. But, uh, again, I think this is a huge game for him personally. I mean, not only with his job on the line, but for him – you know, to beat the Packers. Gary, you remember a year ago when Dallas came to Green Bay and and, and lost on that late afternoon game. Before the, the, the week of that football game, McCarthy talked at length about his time in Green Bay and he broke down mm. a couple times and he, you know, and he, he cried at the podium. Gary, I, I've always been bothered by the fact, you know, to me, I get it. The 2018 season was a disaster in Green Bay. It didn't go well. And Green Bay was trending the wrong way. But he was a Super Bowl winning coach. And to me, you don't whack Super Bowl winning coaches in the middle of a season. In that in that situation, I guess there were four games left when they fired McCarthy yeah. after the Arizona loss and they and they turned it over to Joe Philbin. But but Gary, they were going nowhere fast that year, regardless if it was McCarthy or Philbin. And to me, you let Mike McCarthy, a guy like Mike McCarthy, who who won you a Super Bowl in 2010, you let him finish the season. And I'm sure that still bothers him, you know, deeply. You know, Gary, for the people that don't know out there, you know, the McCarthy family still is in Green Bay. They had young children. They live in the area. They go, they go they, to local they, The schools. wife and children are in Green Bay yet? Correct. I did not know that. Wow. It, they live about a mile and a half from Matt LaFleur. 
<laughs> and uh, they hang out, huh? <laughs> I don't think they hang out, but that's a re that's a remarkable little sidebar to this story. Is how yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that 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 in essence, the, the the two head coaches are neighbors. No, the the McCarthys. I think Gary will. It, it's a family that you know, in terms of what Mike married into, that has long standing roots in in the Fox Valley, the Brown County area. I don't know, Gary, that they'll ever go anywhere. I think that could be, you know, their retirement place when it when it's all said and done. So yeah, Mike and you know, or or Mike's Mike's you know Mike's wife and and the kids have stayed back and and been in Green Bay in in, in this time that Mike's been down there in in Dallas coaching the Cowboys and and I assume Gary it's 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 gonna stay that way and you know it would have changed by now so. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Mike's back a lot in the off season. Everybody in the area is still very familiar with the, with the McCarthys and the and the family. He's you know he's very visible in the summers in Door County. M Mike is you know for example, and you know Gary Green Bay is a huge part of who Mike McCarthy is. So no, by by no chance is is this game just another game for Mike McCarthy because not only is he playing. You know, the team he took to a Super Bowl, Gary, the team that fired him eventually, the team and, and the organization right still in his backyard at points in time in the offseason. I mean, Gary, if they lose that football game, if Dallas loses, I mean, I would say it's less than 50-50. Mike comes back next year. That would that would be my guess. He didn't exactly. Uh, I'll say I'll say it's one hundred percent. He's not coming back if they lose. Yeah, I mean, you never know with Jerry Jones, right? I mean, yeah. it's. He's a goofy guy, obviously, but, but yeah, he, you know, as, as, as he put, as he gets to about 80, which is, I think where Jerry Jones is, his patience is less and less and less. Now I'll say this. I think Mike McCarthy did a really good job with that football team this year. You know, he took over the offense. They took another jump after, you know, he stepped in and replaced Kellen Moore, his game management, you know, his, his clock management is still suspect at times, Gary, but, you know, so are a lot of coaches. Matt Lafleur had some real meltdowns on. Oh, absolutely! On, I, I don't care what kind of game. coach you are; you're going to be questioned. Um, yeah, right, right. You know, but but overall, I think Mike's done a really good job with that football team since he came in three three years ago. Gary, like I said, thirty six and fifteen. It's the best record, top to bottom, in the NFC. They just have not had the playoff success the owner wants. But but again, Gary, that this is their best opportunity to do it right now. Twenty twenty three season, everything lines up really well for Dallas to make a deep deep playoff run, which is which is why the spotlight will be incredibly bright on Mike McCarthy if things don't go well Sunday afternoon. I I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the Cowboys on TV this year or not, but I, I just chuckle every time. Dak Prescott comes to the line. And I shouldn't say every time, but it seems like it. He'll go through a couple words, you know, he'll verbalize something as it comes to the line of scrimmage. And then he'll go, quote, here we go. Right. <laughs> I have never heard of, you know, I heard, you know, Peyton Manning used to say Omaha and stuff like this, but where do they come up with this? Here we go. I mean, it's it's just kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the backstory, Gary, at all on how he came up with that. I don't. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just waiting for Packer fans to mock him and say, here we go. Yep. <laughs> you know, obviously the Packers wouldn't be in the playoffs if not for one guy, and I think we all know who that is, and that's Jordan Love, who's just been off the charts. I mean, from the second half of the season on, and we can go through his numbers. I mean, they're Hall of Fame-type numbers, and he played – 
right in the biggest game of the year last year. And uh, you were telling me that the Packers locker room is radically different. Maybe radically is too strong of a word, but uh, since, since Aaron Rodgers departed, uh, there, there seems to be a different uh, atmosphere in Green Bay. And yeah, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, no, we, we absolutely can. And, and kudos for you for recognizing that Jordan Love is the most important Packer and not, and not Mr. Joe Barry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> okay, so he's 1A, big deal. <laughs> there you go, 1A, 1B, right? The guys in there won't go as far as saying the difference and the reason and they, they won't use the name of the prior quarterback. They won't, they won't go as far as saying Aaron, um, you know, was the problem, but, but I'm going to read you just a couple of quotes. Here's one from Preston Smith. The other night, he and I were standing in the tunnel as he was trying to leave and, and I wouldn't let him. And well, you're and, a nice well, guy. Here's, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so he says the transition from Aaron has gone really smooth. We all believed in Jordan love. We knew he had the ability to take us the distance and he had the ability to help us win meaningful games. And tonight was a meaningful game. I asked him if Aaron no longer had that and he didn't want to go there. Um, Gary, there were several people, Quay Walker, Josh Myers, John Runyon, that all talked about chemistry this year being dramatically different and better than, than last year. Um, and really the last few years for some of these guys, Gary, as, as a huge reason why this team just didn't go in the tank when they were two and five or, or three and six or even six and eight later on, you know, Gary, a lot of it is understandable, right? The quarterback last year is 40 years old. He's running around all year with a bunch of 22 year old guys. It, it, it It's tough to get on the same page sometimes with guys that you really are a generation older than uh, oh, Jordan absolutely. loves the same ages. Jordan love is the same age as these guys. I mean, the, these should be the salad days right now for love to bond with these guys. They're all his age. They all have a lot in common, same music, same video games, same TikToks, blah, blah, blah. Right. Aaron, Aaron. Well, was I saying, wish I was 20 again, Rob. Don't not. we all, my friend, don't we all? <laughs> um, no, I mean, and, 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 and Hey, I get it. There was a disconnect at the end for Brett. There was a disconnect at the end for Tom Brady. Um, but Gary, when it came to Rogers, Rogers could have made 2022 go dramatically better if he showed up for the offseason stuff, if he tried to establish some kind of bond with his young teammates, right? And and it took him so long last year to get on the same page with some of these guys. And it really wasn't even until the last, you know, six weeks or whatever he got on the same page with Christian Watson. And they needed that so much earlier in the year in 2022, Gary, than than they did. I mean, Jordan Love has had all these rookies and second-year guys thrown into his lap, Gary, much like Rodgers did, and it wasn't pretty early. We all know that, the first eight, nine games. But that second half of the season, these guys have absolutely erupted offensively to a man. He is on the same page with these guys, whether it's Reed or Wicks or Dobbs when you know when 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 he's been available, whether it's Bo Melton or Heath or, or Kraft. Gary, it, it doesn't matter. He's got a bond with these guys, and he really does have a bond inside that locker room. You can't find a single guy, Gary, to say a negative word about him. And and I'll just tell you this: it was it was almost all off the record stuff. But for you know, for a, more than a decade, 
Rogers ruffled a lot of feathers in there. Now, a lot of people were terrified to put it on the record and say anything because they said, I'll never see a football again if I ripped the guy. But Rogers was not a great leader. I sat with Rogers at, at one point about 15 years ago, Gary, when he took over to replace Brett Favre. And I asked him about, you know, where he believed he got his leadership skills from, what was going to make him a good leader. And his answer to me, Gary, was that he took a class on it at the University of California. Well, you know, I'm not a big believer. You can learn to be a great leader in the classroom. That That's just something that you've got to, you know, have through life experience. And, you know, Favre obviously had that from the time he was five years old. He was chasing Irv Favre on locker rooms. Jordan Love, I think, has always had that, Gary. Rodgers tried. At times, I think he had it. At times, he didn't. The last few years in Green Bay didn't go well. Uh, but, Gary, I do think one of the huge reasons this team is still alive and playing football is the fact they are, they are a really unified group. It starts with the quarterback. They rally around him. They bond with him. Everybody's got his back and everything else kind of flows from there. You know, that if you, if, if you've got one person inside your organization who is a little bit bigger than everybody else inside the building, it's tough for everybody to kind of get on the same page. And that's what green Bay's had for a stretch. Now that's not the case anymore right now, Gary. And um, you, you've seen the results kind of translate to the football field as well. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers was a larger-than-life figure. I mean, let's yep. face it. I mean, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, his place in history has already been established. And I, I think, though, from the player's standpoint, all the focus, and I mean basically all the focus has been on Rodgers, you know, during his time in Green Bay. And now I think, you know, other guys are getting part of the attention which never was the case, uh, you know, when, when Rogers was there, except maybe for, you know, Devontae Adam and Aaron Jones once in a while, but it's kind of like the bucks with Giannis. Okay. I, I feel sorry for those guys, those other guys like Middleton, uh, Drew holiday in recent years. Uh, it, it was all about Giannis. That's all anybody wanted to talk to. None of these guys got any credit. And I see very similar situations in, in green Bay and, the the other thing about love, he's got the you know, and you and I have talked about this. He's got that even keel disposition, and it's even on the field. Like when when he comes to the line of scrimmage, when when Rogers would bark out signals, everybody in Lambeau could hear it. <laughs> when Love does it, I I you know, fans in the stands had a tough time hearing it. I, I'm sure they didn't have a problem on the field or anything, but uh, again. Rogers was such a dominant figure that I, I can see where, you know, there, there was disdain towards him, but at the same time, a lot of those guys wanted to play with him in, in, in New York. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. The guys that followed him to New York, Gary, that, that trust me, that that's their last stop in their career, right? The, yeah. But the, they wanted to be with him too, I think. And he wanted them to be there. So. He saved their careers, Gary. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you about what it boiled down to. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I I think I think more than anything when it when it comes to love, Gary, and 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 you hope and I, I get it. It's the nature of the beast, right? As as these guys get more success, as as they win a Super Bowl, as they do more commercials, as their bank account grows, yeah, it, it's human nature for a lot of people to eventually change. Um, the thing, Gary, with Rogers is Rogers showed up that way and he left that way. You know, the, <laughs> I, 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 well, I, I hey, talked, he was consistent. <laughs> he was consistent. I've, I've talked to, 
you know, so many people through the years in terms of why he fell in that draft back in 05. And, you know, the, the number one reason is they all said they, they everybody says the exact same thing, Gary. He's, he's the cockiest guy who ever walked into an interview room and they were all terrified, you know, that, that he was going to be one of those guys that always felt he knew more than the coaches and, and knew more than everybody else in, in, inside the building. And those are hard guys to work with, you know, yeah. Mike McCarthy really had to, I would say, make adjustments for Aaron. Mike understood through all those years, Gary, there's no question. Aaron was the more important person inside the organization. They could find a lot of people that could win football games. And Matt LaFleur had to adjust some things too, I'm sure with his own personal side of things to make it work and and fit with Aaron the the last few years. We've seen though this year that Matt's one heck of a coach on his own with or without an Aaron Rodgers, Gary, for example, we've, you know, we we've seen that some of these other guys are outstanding football players with or with or without Aaron like you said, Roger's place in history is, is secured Gary, but he was not an easy person to work with. He was not an easy person to have around every day. I had someone in the building a couple weeks ago, tell me the place is so much more relaxed now on a day to day. I believe that totally that, that I, I, you know, that then it was the last handful of years. The, you know, you Jordan's a teammate, Gary, Aaron was almost more of a father figure, for example, right by the end at 40 years old. So, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's just where people are in their various stages of life. You, you see the success right now for Jordan love. You see what a good kid he is right now. And you kind of hope that he doesn't wind up changing, but history tells us the majority of people do wind up changing. You would just, you would just kind of cross your fingers as a Packer fan. If you know, and, and Packer nation that the Jordan love five, six, eight, ten 10 years down the road is the same guy that they have today. Yeah, that that sums up perfectly my feelings about it too. Uh, I've I've seen too many players come in pretty humble. I mean, I hate to bring up the Giannis reference, but you couldn't have met a more likable person ever than Giannis when he came to the box his first two or three years, and all of a sudden he's gotten success, and he's a different guy. I, I talked to a guy that knows him really well, and he said he's not the same Giannis. And and he, and you're right. Fame and acclaim change people, you know, at least the vast majority of them. And, you know, my uh, fervent desire is that, you know, Jordan Love stays the same. I mean, he would be absolutely dynamic in Green Bay, you know, if he can stay his humble self. But easier said than done. It is. He, You know, the the thing I would say, Gary, more than anything is, there, there have been no signs of change up until now. He's enjoying more success, I would say, than anybody ever anticipated this year, right? I don't think anybody could have predicted he'd come into this year and, and be second in the league in touchdown passes, that he'd, that he'd have a TD uh, uh, interception ratio of almost three to one. It's 32 to 11 right now, Gary. You know, that that his, you know, when he was struggling after seven games, Gary, and a lot of people around the country you know, that, that have never seen him live, that have never watched a practice that he's participated in, that have, that have never been to a game at Lambeau Field, that don't know anybody inside the locker room at Lambeau Field, the Adam Sheens of the world or whatever that guy's name is, saying what a colossal bust this was going to be. For yeah, the I mean, that, that, that is so ridiculous when you put a bus tag on a guy. Yep. Right after the beginning of the season, <laughs> I mean, come on, you you know you're 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 not a fortune teller. You you, you don't understand what could happen. Uh, that would, it's not only Adam Shine. It's it's a lot of guys. They think they can peg guys, and sure, you know, they don't have a clue. No, I mean, and, and I get it. These national goofballs who have 
an hour or two, four hours to fill, you know, they, they, they've got to throw out crazy opinions and hope some of them stick and hope the ones that don't stick, people forget about. But in the internet world, Gary, every everything is out there now. It's not like 1984 when Peter Vesey used to throw everything against the wall and hope some of it stuck <laughs> from, from time to time with the NBA, right? It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a much different world, and they can go back and find that tweet really easily right now. But, I mean, Gary, what, what love has done – in these last seven games, right? That 18 to one passer to uh, interception ratio, or I think it's maybe say that again. I think it's 18 to one. I I mean, it's unconscionable, you know, I mean, it's like Gary on top of it, he's got two rushing touchdowns. So the guys accounted for 20 touchdowns and one interception and pretty much in the second half of the season. You know, Rob, last night I went to a party. There were probably about, 20 people there for for the Michigan Washington game sure. and a guy they started talking about Jordan Love guy first thing the guy brings up do you see where he fumbled <laughs> I mean seriously you know the guy has been unbelievable and the guy cuz did you see where he fumbled <laughs> Gary Gary and even takes stats out of it just for an example okay right he and and I know you were at the game too. I I think sitting with the with the uh, paying customers, weren't you on Sunday? Didn't you see uh, me waving to you? <laughs> oh, I missed you. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it was. I think it was maybe late second quarter. He throws. Maybe it was. Maybe it was late first quarter. He throws that twenty-five yard dart to Jane Reed on an out pattern. Yes. And 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 Gary, I'm telling you, a year ago, if you would have asked me, could he make that throw? from what I had seen out of him in practice and things like that, I would have told you no. So, I mean, he keeps getting better and better. Gary, that's the, that's one of the hardest throws you have to make in football, that deep out. First of yes. all, the play takes a long, long time to develop. So you got these guys up front have to block their asses off to make that happen, first of all. Second, Reed, you know, that play probably takes almost four seconds before the ball's in Reed's hand. And Love has to place it just over the linebacker who leapt and narrowly missed that football, Gary. And then he's got to land it right in front of the corner. So there's a tight window to fit that thing into. Now, Rodgers was legendary at that throw. Rodgers was unbelievable at that throw. And and Favre was, too, to a lesser extent. But I never thought Love could make that throw a year ago, Gary. And and that's a throw he made. Gary, late in that game, when they were running out the clock, and, you know, they ran out the last 6.05, roughly, um... And I think it was their final first down. No, it was their their second to last first down because Jones had a run to finish the football game. Gary, I think it was third and eight or whatever it was. And and Chicago gets good pressure on Love and he eludes it and he escapes. Gary, Tucker Kraft doesn't have more than nine inches on his defender. I mean, he might have a foot. And Love escapes the pressure. He's on the move. And he flips the ball to Kraft perfectly. One of those ad lib plays that Matt LaFleur can't coach, that Adam Stenovich can't coach, just that a guy is naturally gifted and talented enough to make. Love goes and makes. You know, Gary, there's there's maybe 10 quarterbacks in the league that can, you know, make those two throws that I just mentioned that Love makes. So on top of how great the stats were, Gary, he's making plays that not many guys in the league can make. And, you know, the fact he's only had one year as a starter, he's still 25 years old, he's ascending upward. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, Gary, I, I don't think it's a stretch whatsoever to say when you come into 2024, the season next year, I know they've got, a, 
you know, they, they hope they have a few games left to play this season. But when you look ahead to 2024, Gary, I, th- I think he's a really viable MVP candidate. Oh, no question. Not only does love, you know, su- surpass expectations. We had high expectations for Aaron Jones coming into this season. And uh, he had a a monster first game against the Bears. I mean, he he did it all running, passing. And then he got uh, banged up. And uh, I'll be the first to admit, during the middle of the season, I thought his career was in jeopardy. I I thought he had uh, run out of gas. His tank was empty. But I'll tell you what, (laughs) he's found the fountain of youth. And in the last three games, he's had more than 100 yards. And and that's why I believe the Packers are the most dangerous team going into the playoffs because I can only think of maybe one or two other teams that have a legitimate running back that, that can impact the games, McCaffrey uh, being one of them, of course. But he looks great. I mean, not just good. He looks great. He's got a burst of speed. He, he's making cutbacks. There's one play. They stood him up, and his legs were still churning. I mean, he was really trying to get the extra yard. But, uh, man, what what a time for him to, uh, you know, return to form. And, Gary, that might be their path to winning the football game. Yes. Because Dallas is outstanding on the defensive side of the ball. Dallas is actually outstanding on on both sides of the ball, Gary. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, their first – they're first in the league in points scored. They're fifth in points allowed. We go on and on, right? Blah, blah, blah. But, Gary, the one place where they're not great, where they're middle of the pack, is rush defense. They're 16th. All these other categories, Gary, they're top five. I mean, they really are dynamic on, on both sides of the football. But they're not great against the run. And you saw two, three weeks ago, Buffalo just gobbled them up on the ground, and Buffalo blew them out of there uh, in that game, the home game for the Bills. They, they, they took it to Dallas and it was largely cook on the ground who, uh, you know, who was able to, to swing that game. Do you know how many yards Aaron Jones had after 14 games? Take a, take a quick guess. After 14 games, 14 games into the season, take a guess what he had. Uh, about 350. Great guess. 298. Wow. 298. Yeah. I knew it wasn't good, but yeah, that's even less than I thought. So we're talking, what is that? 21 and 21 and a quarter, 21 yards a game. Now I, I get it. He missed a chunk of time, right? You know, Gary, guess what he has the last three weeks. I'll say about three fifty. Great guess again. Three, five, eight, three fifty eight. 5.7 a carry. Uh, like you said, he's over a hundred every single game. They're three and oh, not coincidentally in those games, right? He went over a hundred, you know, total yards in that opener at Chicago and, what they do there, right? They win the football game. When Aaron Jones clicks, Gary, this entire football team clicks. They they win football games. And you saw on Sunday, right, in a winner go home game, Matt LaFleur leaned so heavily on Aaron Jones in that in that football game. And he'll do it again, I would assume, Gary, if the game is close down in Dallas. Because two things happen, obviously, right? You you wear them down in the run game a little bit, and then your play action becomes so much more effective and your defense gets to rest against that high powered offense that Dallas is, is going to try it out there. Uh, Gary in that game Sunday against the bears, Aaron Jones played 53 snaps. Okay. It's the second most of his career, seven year career. There, that, That's the stat of the podcast right there. Ron. That's the stat. I agree. That is a great stat. Second most of his career. 
second most snaps in his career. You know, he's allowed, you know, he's, he's got these wonderful numbers through his first seven years, Gary, you know, the over five yards per rush. And, you know, he caught 60 some odd balls last year. And, you know, he's, he's had thousand yard seasons and pro bowl seasons, but Gary, he does that all the time in 35 snaps, 38 snaps, 41 snaps. Doesn't do it playing a lot of, a lot, you know, a lot of minutes necessarily. Again, Matt Lafleur. Now, part of that was AJ Dillon wasn't available, and we'll see what happens on on Sunday when the Packers go to Dallas if Dillon can play or not. But Aaron Jones, Gary, fifty three snaps was the second most of his career, and his twenty seven total touches. Okay, twenty two rushes, five receptions, so he touches the ball twenty seven times. That was a career high. So Matt Lafleur has also realized here. And and I think they've always known it, but Aaron Jones is one of those tricky guys, Gary, because he has been injury prone. He is undersized. Their challenge in Green Bay is always, how do you get Aaron Jones to January, right? Yeah. October doesn't matter. We don't remember anymore. Even now, Gary, in this season, we don't remember what happened in October. It's kind of like with March Madness. What have you done for me there? No one remembers sure. December basketball games, right? Same thing with the Packers. All that matters is what happens late in the year, They've gotten Aaron Jones to the end of the year here. He's incredibly healthy all of a sudden. He's lighting it up both in the run game and the pass game. Like you said, not only are they blocking the heck out of it, you and I could do a podcast, by the way, on the offensive line and how that group has come, you know, come together. But Jones is running so hard, Gary, right now, breaking tackles. You know, he's shifty in the hole and he's got surprising power. You know, we talk about kind of maybe the, the guys that might fly under the radar this week when when everybody spends the week talking about Mike McCarthy and Jordan Love and Dak Prescott and 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 CD Lamb and Micah Parsons. You know, we already mentioned Jair Alexander is probably a key number one key to the football game. Aaron Jones is right up there with anybody. Okay, Rob, a couple quick hits here. First one, Anders Carlson. Oh boy. Do you get nervous? Uh <laughs> I mean, not that you care one way or the other as a reporter, but if you're a Packer fan, do you get nervous when Anders Carlson <laughs> trots out there to kick an important uh, field goal or extra point? I mean, even like that field goal he missed against the Bears. I mean, come on. You, you got This is in high school or college. He's got to deliver. And I think he's made, what, uh, 27 – I'm looking at the stats here. 27 to 33 field goal attempts, 81% ranks 29th in the NFL, okay? He's made 87% of his extra points, and uh, believe it or not, that's 33rd in the NFL. Um, I think this is a huge game for him. I mean, if if he gets in a situation where he's got to make kicks, if he delivers, he'll be around. But I, I think if he doesn't deliver, I think his tenure in Green Bay could be short. You know, Gary, they went cheap at kicker and punter this year, and they'll never tell you this inside the building, but they went cheap at a lot of positions thinking this was not necessarily a throwaway year, but thinking this was going to be a 6-11, and 7-10, and 10, not a playoff team. So they weren't going to spend big on a kicker and a punter, which is, you know, why they let last year's guy go, and including Mason Crosby, obviously. And they went cheap with Anders Carlson. And, and Gary, you flip it over and you look what Dallas has, and Dallas might have the best yeah. kicker in the league, you know, right now with Aubrey, who was unbelievable this year. I think he's maybe 36 of 38 or something like That's that. exactly uh, what he is. Gary, 
you're right. I could care less if the ball goes through the uprights or not. Every time Carlson kicks it, if I'm a Packer fan, I am, you know, I'm leaving the room, right? I'm closing <laughs> my eyes. I'm yep. burying my head in a pillow. I'm doing something, Gary, where I don't even have to watch the, the snap, the hold, and the kick because Carlson is, is – uh, it's eight out of ten games right now, Gary, that he has missed either a field goal – eight of the last ten where yeah. he's missed either a field goal or an <clears> extra point. I mean, Gary, in today's NFL, that's, a, you know, that, that, that is so unbelievably unacceptable. He got off to a hot start, you know, so give him some credit, but I was talking to him recently, Gary, and I'm, I made the point and he's a great kid. I mean, he really, he really is. He's got a terrific demeanor about him. He is the kind of kid mentally you want in that position because kind of like love, he stays the course, Gary, pretty well. He's not one of these guys that's going to be a heart attack up and down and, and you're not quite sure day to day what you're going to get from him. But I made the point to him, Gary, he pretty much caught a break in 2023 that weather has not been an issue whatsoever, right? Exactly. We didn't have any snow around here, period, other than Halloween. The temperatures have been warm. It was 35 degrees at kickoff, I think, on on Sunday afternoon. He's had some dome games late in the year, like Detroit at Thanksgiving in Minnesota in week 15 or 16, whatever that one was. So, yeah, Gary, he caught a break there. Gary, I, I, I'll disagree with you, though. I think he's back next year, as long as the special teams coordinator is back, and and Basaccia should be. Basaccia loves this guy, Gary. He wants to he wants to groom him and grow him. It's 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 kind of his pupil. He he wants him to you know be the guy long term. I, I think if things go badly next year, Gary, then then he's probably gone. Um, but I, I would think he's probably done enough this year. I mean, Gary, the 82% on field goals isn't atrocious. I, I, I mean, I get it. The average guy in the league these days is so good. They're pushing 90%. They're all, I, yeah, the, a lot of I mean, I shouldn't say a lot of them. I was at probably half half the field's over 90% now. I know. Half the field is over 90, and, and I get it, and that's where they want these guys these days. Green Bay does pose some problems, you know, from, from a wind and a weather standpoint from time to time in the kicking game, but kind of like I just mentioned, Gary, that, that really hasn't been the case this year for Carlson. He's he's kicked in really good weather for the most part uh, throughout the season. It's that extra points, Gary, that that have to be driving everybody batting, uh. right? The thirty-two yarder. Yeah, they're in. They're inexcusable. I'm sorry. In, nope, you're exactly right. You know, the guy misses a fifty-yard field goal. That's one thing. The thirty-yard extra point, absolutely not. So, I mean, and I thought that would have been unbelievably dramatic if you know if it was twenty-three twenty-one on Sunday with with nineteen seconds left and Green Bay's trailing by two and they they trot Carlson out there to try to win the football game. You know, guys like you and I, longtime reporters, we don't root necessarily for teams. We root for stories. That would have been a hell of a story, right? Carlson yeah. with the game on the line coming out to try to win it. Hey, maybe we get that Sunday in Dallas, right? But I would say at this, you know, you brought up Carlson Gary. I would say right now Dallas has a significant advantage in the kicking game and in special teams top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that's another place that wouldn't surprise me if Carlson hit like a 55-yarder at some point. I mean, they're ideal conditions, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but then Aubrey's going to turn around and bang home a 63-yarder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that kid is. I'll tell you what, that, and, 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 you know, we, we bring that up, and, and we've brought up through the podcast, Mike McCarthy being challenged so many times through his career in terms of game management stuff. He's not good at it, right? He's... He's, he has struggled with it throughout throughout his career. 
and he's been blasted for it repeatedly in a, in a lot of different games and a lot of different places. Gary Aubrey has made life pretty easy. The, the yeah. kicker for Mike McCarthy, because when they get to the 40 yard line, they're in range, right? Then when they get to the 45, they're in range and he can bang it home. So now Mike doesn't have to stress about some of these decisions. He just trots out the best kicker in football yeah. and he makes the head coach look awfully good because the kid never misses anything. So Gary, that that's a huge weapon for Dallas on Sunday afternoon is the fact Aubrey has such ridiculous range and he hasn't missed for the most part all season long. Okay. Yeah. Another quick hitter. Um, Sorry, Mike. that wasn't real quick. I know that's the thing. We we say quick hitters <laughs> and they go five minutes long. <laughs> but uh, my, I, I want to get something in about Matt Lafleur. I remember talking to an executive. I don't know, it was about a year or so ago, and he goes, "Oh, Lafleur is so fortunate, you know, to be in Green Bay and have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to make a lot of co- coaches look great, even though they're not." And it wasn't like he was ripping on LaFleur, but he wasn't really giving LaFleur a lot of credit. Well, I think Matt LaFleur has shown this year that he's a pretty damn good coach. No, I, I agree with you. That I would argue this is maybe his best coaching job. Yeah. Maybe his, maybe his first year in Green Bay, Gary, when he when he took a, a, a team and a roster that was a little bit of a mess, and he got him to the NFC Championship game. But, I mean, Gary, to have – not not just the youngest team in football, Gary, but but the youngest team to go to the playoffs in almost fifty years, right? I mean, yeah. it's 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 absolutely remarkable, you know, what he's done with this group. And we knew through the course of the season. I, I mean, I think it was pretty easy to predict. But you know, when we sat here and did these, Gary, in August and September, we said the Packers will look like a different team the second half of the year than the first, right? We. Mm-hmm. We knew they would trend upward. It's 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 the way things are going to go when you're playing with a bunch of 22 and 23 year old kids. They're going to get better. The the start might be rough. The end the end might look a lot different and a lot better. Uh, but Gary, I I don't think anybody could have seen this level of improvement. You know the dramatic improvement. You know obviously it starts and ends with with Jordan Love and and the strides he made. You know from the first half of the year to the second. But Gary, it's it. I mean it's everybody on that roster, right? Right. I mean. Wicks didn't know what he was doing at the start of the year. You know, now he catches two touchdowns in the biggest game of the year. I told you through the course of the summer, I wasn't sure Kraft deserved to be on the 53-man roster, right? He, Gary, he looks like a future Pro Bowl tight end right now. He certainly does. Run game and pass game, right? I mean, you can go up and up and down the lineup with with with, with some of these guys and, and the strides they've made. And you know, you you you've seen Matt's offense for for what it is. It, it's pretty damn impressive, Gary. The last few games, you've seen guys. You know, I go back to that Minnesota game, for example. Bo, they, they didn't complete the pass on that fourth and one. Bo Melton is wide open, right? Nobody's near him. They, they had plays like that again on Sunday, Gary. You saw it firsthand. You know, they had wide receivers at times running wide open all over the field. Exactly. That, that exactly. is scheme and that is game plan. And that is a head coach that, you know, that is pretty smart. Now, I I think Matt still struggles with some areas, Gary. I I, I do. I, I, I think in these big games, he clutches up, he tenses up. I don't think he has his best games in, in terms of decision-making. I thought, you know, he had some real fatal flaws the other day, not calling a timeout in the, in the two minute drill after the Kenny Clark sack before the Santos field goal was really bad Um, on that side. I thought he made a silly challenge that he lost there. There were some things along the way, but Gary is an offensive mind. 
he is proving himself as probably one of the better six, eight coaches. I won't go as far yet. Gary saying he's Kyle Shanahan, because I don't think many are better than Shanahan out there. Um, But Gary, he's, you know, he's in that, he's working his way into that elite category and he's, you know, and for him, um, you know, we, we talked earlier in the show, Gary, about, um, you know, some of the people not getting the credit they deserve when Aaron Rodgers was in the building, Matt was one of those guys, right? Hackett was probably one of those guys. Adam Stenovich was one of those guys. A lot of these guys now, um, and it starts with Matt LaFleur, will get more credit and should get more credit. I've heard Matt's name mumbled all of a sudden for, you know, coach of the year possibilities. Yeah. I don't think nine and yeah, eight. That's not going to happen now. I don't think nine and eight <laughs> is ever going to be good enough. To, uh, I'm still a big believer, Gary, and you better win 12, 13, 14 yep. games. You want to be yep. coach of the year. To me, it's Harbaugh in Baltimore and it's, and it's not sure. close, um, you know, but Hey, Gary, he's, he's in that. You know, if I'm ranking the coaches in the NFL, all of a sudden, Gary, I certainly have Matt LaFleur in the top 10. Let's say that. You know what I'm going to call these? The someone quick hitters. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, do, we, do we have the, a shot the, clock at all, Gary, or are we good to go? I'm sorry? I said, do we have a shot clock on this whole podcast or not? Yeah, you know what? I, I am going to bring a, a timer next time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what, two, two other things. Uh, quick hitter, pass rush. Packers had five sacks last Sunday. And I, what I thought was interesting, three were by really young guys. Carl Brooks had one. Wyatt had one. And who am I missing? Who was the third one? But they're all, like, you know, very young guys. And, uh, you know, if if that's a harbinger of things to come, those young guys, you know, uh, produce tackles. That, that bodes well for the Packers. Well, Gary, you just look in general how young they are up front, right? Outside of Kenny Clark and Quay, Quay T- Walker was the other one, Rob. Yeah, sure. And even TJ Slayton's only in his third year, Gary. I mean, Kenny Clark's really the only gray beard that they have in that in that entire front. And mm-hmm. people forget because Kenny Clark came into the league at like 19, 20 years old. He's he's still only like 27, 28. Kenny Kenny Clark's got five good years of football left in him. Gary, yeah, the I, I thought he started out with Lombardi. Actually, <laughs> I know I he's been around forever. And I'll tell you what, you don't want him to go anywhere either. No, um, no, agreed. Gary, you mentioned the Wyatt one, and I will I will say this: I thought that was Joe Barry's best defensive call of the season. Hold on, uh, Where, where's where's our producer? Can you put that on tape, please? <laughs> hey, I, I've been extremely fair to Joe. I think all the way through. When I, when uh, you know me, Gary, I call a spade a spade. When a guy deserves credit, I, I'm happy to give him credit. Gary, that was a really creative, clever six man blitz he brought on that play, and Wyatt got home, and they covered the heck out of it in the back. And and Fields had about two two and a half seconds to throw. But again, the key to that play, as much as anything, was those outside edge rushers held their lanes and yes. Fields nowhere to go. Yes, and that's going to be <laughs> key, the key too because Prescott doesn't run like those guys. You know, Prescott doesn't run like Lamar Jackson or Fields or or some of these guys that that'll absolutely kill you with their feet. Tommy DeVito, right? But Prescott can get outside the pocket and make some things happen, Gary, not to the extent of those guys. But those those guys coming off the edge have to stay true to the and, and have lane integrity. And and Gary, they, they were so good against Fields in that capacity on, on Sunday. And that was one of those plays because they got terrific 
terrific pressure up the gut. And that was one where Wyatt got home. Kenny Clark had one real similar right before half where he dumped fields before a Santos field goal. They had a lot of those plays, Gary, and you're exactly right. You know, can they get home four or five times against Prescott on Sunday? Dallas's line is pretty good. That might be a high number, but they have to disrupt him and get him off his spot, Gary, because if he can just stand there stationary and whip it around, he's going to carve him up. Yeah, you know, the one thing, I mean, there's a couple things I, I uh, disagree with Joe Barry on, but if I had a, a linebacker as athletic as Quay Walker, man, I'm bringing him early and often. I'm, I want him to be a disruptor, and I know the scheme doesn't allow for that to happen, but uh, he, well, so you know what you do, Gary? You, you adjust the scheme, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and that's why I'm saying, you know, that that's one of the things that you know I think he should do. Anyways, one more quick hitter, and we'll we'll call it a wrap. Gary, um, let me give you a really quick thought too, on, and, and I'll make this quick because I know we're up against the gun. I had a long talk with Quay Walker after the game about this. You remember 12 months ago, he got thrown out against Detroit. Right. In the season finale. Took a lot of heat, rightfully so. Second time that year, he was thrown out of a football game. Gary, he was as good on the defensive side of the ball for them. They had a lot of really good defensive performances on Sunday. Quay Walker was as good as anybody on the field and deserves a lot of credit for what he did. He has grown a lot in the last year, Gary. Yep. Okay, last quick hitter of the day. Prediction time. Uh, I'm curious as to your prognostication here. Wow. Yeah. I ha- I'll be honest, Gary. I, I, I still haven't gotten to a point where I have a full score in my head. Yeah. But I do like the green and gold to go down there and steal one. I really do. Um, this is a game I think is going to be close throughout. I think Green Bay is trending upward. I think they're an ascending football team. We've talked about it. They're healthy. All the pressure in the world is on Dallas. I don't think Dallas is going to blow them out of there, which means this is going to be a four-quarter football game, which means it's going to be 27-24 midway through the fourth or something like that. And I think Jordan Love's going to make a play at the end of the game to win it. I guess, Gary, for this podcast's sake, and again, I haven't processed all my stuff, I'm going to go 31-27 Green Bay. This is unbelievable. Was it last week or the week before we had almost the identical score? <laughs> but but I uh, think the Packers are going to shock the world. They're, they're seven and a half dogs. My prediction was 30 to 27. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're spot on. You know, who knows? But you've, picked, but you've picked Green Bay all 17 weeks, so you're predictable from that standpoint. Let's not get carried away here. <laughs> I don't think I picked them against the Chiefs. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, no, I, I I think the what's the total points? Uh, was it like 57, 58? So both these scores would fit into that range too. Is so. that what it is? I know I know it's a touchdown. Um, I know Dallas seven, is seven and a half, yeah. yeah. Spread, so. That's the over-under, huh, in the 50s? Wow. Yeah. But again, if 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 they don't control CD Lamb, <laughs> I guarantee you these predictions are going up in smoke. No, I I'm with you. Any other any other uh, surprises you have for the weekend? Any anybody else you see pulling an upset? No, I, I'm just waiting for the the coaching carousel <laughs> to take place. I mean, a bunch of guys have been fired already, and yep, <clears throat> I, I'm very very curious about Belichick. I mean, legendary coach and. All, all arrows point to him being uh, jettisoned. And, you know, speculation is, you know, Atlanta, which makes a lot of sense. But, uh, no, that, 
But oh, you know, one thing I did want to bring up. Did you see the list of the top 100 most viewed programs last year in the year 2023? I did not. You're always you're always great at finding these and bringing them to the show. How many do you think out of the top 100 were NFL games? 95. Damn good guess. 93. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, I remember yeah. you threw this by me last year, Gary, and it was 48 of the top 50. Yeah, I mean this this it, it's amazing how what 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 a monopoly they have on sports basically. So <laughs> well Gary, and then and then I was I was talking to some people Sunday night after everybody kind of finished our work and we all hung out for a little bit and just how how remarkable it was for the league the way certain things fell into place, right? Stafford going back to Detroit, right, with the with the Rams going to play the Lions, uh, McCarthy against oh, his, his former team, right? Even 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 Gary on a lesser extent, C.J. Stroud, right, going back to play as uh, the team from Ohio or yeah. or the team from Ohio at coming to Houston to play to play CJ Stroud. Tyreek Hill going home to play against the Chiefs. I mean there there are so many remarkable subplots and storylines. The league doesn't need them, Gary. I mean, right? The league can give you Arizona uh Washington at 3 a.m. on a Wednesday and people are going to watch, but not only does the league have its greatest games coming up here the next few weeks, they get all these remarkable storylines and subplots that are only going to make more people come and watch. So the monopoly only grows larger, Gary. There you go. So, Rob, can't wait for Sunday. I, I think it's just going to be a fascinating game. And thank you uh, for all your contributions again. And also thanks to our uh, listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Whipple and WhipplesPressBox.com.